Hey, it's Michael Fabiano now with Sports Illustrated, and I'm here to help you through this wild fantasy football season. To win in fantasy, you need player rankings you can trust, and ours have received the Top 5 Accuracy Award over the last three seasons. Sign up for the all-new SI Fantasy Plus at si.com fantasy. We even have tools that sync with your leagues and experts who are standing by answering your questions in our premium chat. Sign up for SI Fantasy Plus at si.com fantasy and win your leagues in 2020. That's si.com fantasy. Today's podcast is brought to you by Blue Canary. The bird has landed on beautiful Bainbridge Island, conveniently located at 499 Madison Avenue. ASE Master Technician Clint Ramsey brings over 15 years of experience, award-winning diagnostic skill, and a desire to reinvent the automotive repair experience. Schedule an appointment online at bluecanary.biz or call them today at 206 451 42 I'm Maria Metzler, the Executive Director of Helpline House. The global pandemic has affected us all differently. If you or your neighbors need food assistance, mental health counseling, rental assistance, or parks and rec vouchers, please reach out. Helpline House can help in many ways. Find us on the web at helplinehouse.org. It's what we do. Neighbor helping neighbor. I got something for your mind, body, and soul. I got something for your mind, body, and soul. Here's your host with the most, Tiny Tim. What's good, Podcast Phil? You found the Bystander Podcast. Today, my guest is Clarence Morawaki. How are you today? I'm grand, Tim. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's been a while trying to get you in here, and I appreciate you taking the time to talk with me and Podcast Phil out there. You bet. At that time, I was going through a lot of different things, so I... uh, I can imagine. Yeah. We're all going through a lot, you know. It's us for sure, and none of us are getting younger. So <laughs> better take care of it right now. Especially me. It's my second year into Medicare, so I'm, I know what younger means, or used to mean. Are they going to get rid of Medicare? No, that's, I, that's I, a, I that's qualified for it. So, yeah. All right. Thank you, Bernie. Shout out to you. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, well, let's start there. Sure. Well, what do you think of the health care in America? I think it's actually kind of embarrassing. Yeah. I mean, People say we have the best health care in the world. Yeah, sure, if you have access to it. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, uh, it's really a crime. I don't – we should have universal health care, period. Absolutely. Unfortunately, that there's a big industry in this. There's private insurance companies, you know, private hospitals. There's some coin that they like to get. Mm-hmm. And so that's, that's the unfortunate part. You go anywhere else, just north of the border. Actually, I remember going to Australia way back in the day and had to get uh, uh, physical before I could learn how to scuba. And I was so worried. I'm out of country. I, I you know, didn't realize to do that. 
And I go in there. The guy comes out with flip-flops and a Hawaiian shirt, and he's the doctor. And <laughs> you know, he gives me a deal, and I go up to the front desk, and the woman's staring at me goes, can I help you? Well, yeah, what do I owe? Oh, you're a foreigner. You're an American, right? Yeah, well, get out of here. Here's your, here's your card. Yeah, it's tough, no too, questions. now with uh, you know elective surgery being pushed off. And mm-hmm. when we say elective surgery, that's such a general term. Mm-hmm. Yeah, some people really drastically need surgery, and we're filling up these beds with people that are not vaccinated and mm-hmm. have caught COVID, and it's putting a massive push on our healthcare system. And it's difficult to be a doctor or a nurse under those circumstances as well. Without, you know, it's kind of like the mat old mm-hmm. show, the Mash. You know, just got a. It's a lot of, of triage, yeah. and they're the risk they're putting themselves through, the exhaustion they must be having. That's awful. And I want to make a shout-out to us. Bainbridge Island was doing so fantastic during COVID. Yes. I mean, we all looked at the Kitsap County websites all the time, probably. And we'd go months, sometimes without a case, and then a few more weeks, then one. We had a day of nine cases in one day recently. Mm-hmm. That's unbelievable, especially since we have such a high vaccination rate and people are very good here about wearing masks and distancing and hands, all that. Yeah. And I live in downtown Winslow, live at Winslow Green, and I, that's where it is. It's all new, pe- it's visitors. I have no way of proving this, but when they walk four abreast and are yelling and someone says, how can you tell they're from out of state? Well, when they wear a Tennessee Titans t-shirt, it's kind of a giveaway. But yeah. we're seeing a lot of that. And that's the problem with COVID. It doesn't know political boundaries. It doesn't know, it just goes. Yeah, sex, we gotta, age, anything. We gotta get, we gotta get a handle on it. Yeah, I'm really scared for, um, I don't know. Maybe I'm as fatigued as the next person, and I have become more casual, or I've disregarded it. But I was in a period of time when it first hit for six months, quarantine with my elderly mom, Hmm. and she watches Capital News Network, CNN, all (laughs) day long. So it was just fear, 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 Mm -hmm. fear. And now we're in a situation where I've got two vaccinations. My entire family's been vaccinated. But there's a dis- different variants, and mm-hmm. they seem to be um, very effective against the kids. I mean, Ordway had a couple outbreaks recently, and um, there's something like in Tennessee, there's 42,000 kids that caught COVID this last week yeah. or something like that. And don't fact check my numbers, but that's right. pretty close. Um, so that's scary. You know, I do not want to get on a plane again. Yeah. Um, I don't want to go to a concert, although shout out to... The Roy Bell, I did set way up top by myself <laughs> on the grassy gnome at Battle Point to enjoy his concert. Just couldn't miss that one. Uh, and I was just there last week for, I mean, was nearly Dan was there. Yeah. They were great. Yeah. It was great. Did you go see uh, Backstreet Jelly Roll? No, I didn't. I missed that. They're pretty good, oh, too. I missed that. You know, and I, you, I'm glad you mentioned that because I'm going to fly next week. Uh, my, fi- my niece is getting married. She lives in Virginia. Um, mm. So I'm going to be gone from the island for a few days. And I've been really worried about it. I don't want to miss it for the world, but you know, I'm I'm worried that I'm going to find that guy next to me who's the anti-masker and mm-hmm. you know raving idiot. Um, so I'm really, f- I people are telling me, of course, the airplanes have great ventilation and you're vaxxed, and if you wear your mask and you know keep clean. Yeah, there's a lot of good science about the airplane not yeah. being a place. I'm you I'm, would I'm hearing it. Catch it. It still makes this is I guess what you said about you know watching CNN. There is a little bit of fear. Mm-hmm. What if? So I'm I'm, I'm really. Look at anticipation, but I have to go. When she was five years old, she wanted to marry Uncle Clarence. And um, <laughs> I told her, when you get older, your taste is going to get better. <laughs> <laughs> so it clearly has. <laughs> mm. 
Congratulations to her. Yeah. Yeah, I felt like wearing a mask before COVID ever hit when I was on airplanes, just because um, both my wife and, and son can sleep on an airplane, and I can't. And then the repetition of the coughs, the sneeze, you know, the mm -hmm. air being a little warmer. Not... Why I love Bainbridge Island, let me go on a tangent here, sure. is the ocean air and the trees, just the filter filtration of good air. Mm -hmm. You know, I have relatives in New York and Arizona and go over there and get off the plane. I'm like, <gasps> yeah, like I'm on that ventilator all of a sudden. And then I'm like, I'm not used to this at all. I love the air quality here in Washington. Yeah, it's um, and, and I live, like I mentioned, in Winslow. But the traffic is so much lighter than what a city would be. And we don't have the tall buildings to capture the heat and all that stuff. So mm -hmm. it's, it's always good, except when this, we have the months of smoke, then we're all screwed. And the tragic death of your neighbor there um, in the burned yeah. apartment. Yeah. Um, Watch your candles, folks. I was there. Um, I, I, I took some pics, uh, a couple of TV stations, a Kitsap son used my photographs. Um, he was a fantastic guy. He was a big movie guy. You know, mm -hmm. he, he had all these. I, I remember once seeing some of his pictures. It's, it's amazing people behind their closed doors who they are. Yeah, know? that's the thing I love yeah. about this podcast more than anything is finding people in the woods that are yeah. extremely intelligent or have accomplished something or are just e a unique talk. Like Steve yeah. Rhodes, the guy that. Oh, the bicyclist? Yeah, that was yeah. homeless for so long. Um, yeah. He was one of my very first guests because uh -huh. I wanted to get to know him. And uh, that was a pleasure. Eric yeah. Lindbergh, Charles Lindbergh's grandson, lives on the island. Oh, uh, yeah, and their, their famous house there over on, uh, what bay is that? Uh, Wardwell, I think. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Him and his wife, Lynn, have both come on this podcast and started their own Lindbergh's podcast. Shout I'm out kidding. to them. Cool. But meeting people like that that just have a storied history is, uh -huh. is pretty cool. Yeah. And yourself. I'd like to get into sure. your story a little okay. bit. You who, bet. Who is Clarence? Well... I'm, uh, as I mentioned, a 65-year-old guy on Medicare. <laughs> 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 no, seriously, I, I grew up in Moses Lake, Washington. That's in eastern Washington. Um, you ever fish at Moses Lake? Oh, uh, yeah, everybody fished. That was, that was oh, part of life. Bass, crappie, uh, all that it's stuff. Most, mostly crappie. Mostly yeah. crappie. Um, Panfish, pan sunfish? What, um, uh, what do you call those flat, not flounders, but um, it's been a while. Yeah, I think, I think it's a yeah. sunfish or a panfish. Yeah. But yeah, I, I used to uh, catch those like crazy out there. Cause did you did you fish in Moses Lake? Yeah, um, most of my family on my dad's side is Coeur d'Alene. Oh, so you stopped so in Moses Lake on the way over? Yeah, I had a couple aunts uh -huh. and uncles, so we'd fish at Moses uh -huh. Lake and then go to Rose Lake and then over to Coeur d'Alene, uh -huh. and that was where um, my aunt was, and she was just the best cook in the world. <laughs> and you know, I, as a kid, I'd catch twenty crappie or so, and she'd fillet those in in seconds and cook them up she just loved to cook for everybody you know it's good you did it then because it's not happening now climate yeah. change has really shifted in central washington the lake used to freeze over solid for months mm -hmm. you know we have even in line one inch stay off two inches one may three inches small groups four inches okay the thickness of the ice and that was your rule and i had friends who wanted waterfront houses and they'd sweep off the snow and you could skate for months mm -hmm. that lake hasn't frozen over in decades Wow. And some winters it barely even gets ice. It's changed that dramatically in my lifetime. I wonder if uh, it gets too hot for the fish now in the summer, well, that's, too. Well, that's where I'm getting. Yeah. Um, because of that, um, some of those species are rare or gone. Um, and because of development, we have out here sometimes, like 
and Olympia algae spurts and because of nitrogen from the lawns and mm -hmm. all of these activities. The, the lakes now, you know, they have a full-time kind of a mower that goes around the lake and cuts all this stuff down. So um, it's changed. Um, unfortunately, so many of my friends are still climate change deniers. So, and they're also... It's been so hot this summer. I, I don't see clams on our beach. Yeah. The crab are gone. Um, oysters. Good luck. You yeah. know, it's been red tide forever because yeah. of algae blooms. Been, right. I've been here over 10 years, and it has always been red tide. And I remember coming out here as a kid, just acres and acres of clams and, and oysters. You just pick them up on the beach. No worries. Max out our crab traps every single day. You know, it's funny. Not funny. It's sad that we sound like old people. Remember in the day when we were kids and we did this? <laughs> this is, but it, it, I mean, we're joking, but it, it really is happening at an incredibly accelerated rate. You know, yeah. uh, uh, unprecedented um, effort. Kind of like my hair falling out. <laughs> hey, wait a second. At least I, you have a hairline still. Barely. Oh, that niece I mentioned, you know, she says, Uncle Clarence, you're growing bald. And I said, no, my forehead's getting bigger. And she says, well, evidence to the contrary, why aren't you taller? <laughs> You can see I want to see this, and he's pretty bad. Yeah, yeah. awesome. Well, sorry to yeah. interject no, about fishing, but back yeah. to Moses Lake. Yeah, and so I left there. I went to, came to University of Washington. and I've never dogs. You bet. Um, and I've never left western Washington except for a couple years when I worked in Portland for the White House. That was where the office was, but I've always lived in western Washington and either Seattle, Tacoma, or Bainbridge Island for the last 22 years. And... I guess. What do you do for a day job right now? Are you just right now? I'm a candidate for the central. Um, well, candidate now for uh, city council, central ward, fifth district. And had you been making your money as a keynote speaker prior yeah. to that? Yeah, and uh, yeah, let's talk about that. So that was happening. I was a Humanities Washington is a large nonprofit that had well, Humanities. They're kind of self-explanatory in the title. And their biggest program is called the Speakers Bureau, where they bring in experts talking about a variety of topics. And we go out to communities all across the state. And I was traveling everywhere, and it was fun. And I had uh, about 20 bookings on March 2020. Mm. It w I had 25 bookings the whole year before. So this was really becoming truly lucrative. And then COVID. And everything, because I'm going to schools, churches, libraries, you know, different places to have the talk. Well, we can't meet anymore. And so I was one of those uh, persons that, thank goodness for the CARES Act, if it wasn't for that, those additional monies, I, I, I don't know how I would have made it. Yeah. I, I feel like it should come back. I mean, mm -hmm. there's um, the Delta and the MU or WU. Yeah. M M how, the, how they call it, define it? University of Washington's heading up the. Right, the tracing of that COVID variant, um, and there's, you know, the numbers of COVID have not declined. Mm -hmm. So why all of a sudden is it okay to return to work? You know, I feel like we just threw in the towel and said we're tired of this, and the economy is hurting, so go back to work. And then I went to this rally uh, last week on Bainbridge Island, the, the anti-max mandate rally. Where? On the on the streets on the corner of 305 and High School. There was. Yeah. Um, oh, okay. Not well attended or organized. <laughs> Apparently, I never. Um, that'll be coming out on a later podcast. Yeah. Uh, but I'm surprised that there's all these. I don't want to be mandated by government to wear a mask, but you know it's okay to have car insurance and a seatbelt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Those type of mandates that are supposed to save my life as well. You know, I I just had a discussion in the morning about that. 
and people who want their freedoms and you can't tell me what to do and my liberties. And I said, you know, we all have restrictions on our freedom. You mm-hmm. know, there's times I go down 305, but the other side of the road is smoother. I'd like to try that side, but no, that I can't yeah. go. I can't go across that painted yellow line. There's not a force field there. We just agree that this is the rule. You stay on your side of the road. You have a speed limit. There, right. were, there, there are limitations on your freedom. There's, There's so many mandates. How many of us have gone? We need to get political real fast, but we can't do 80 because mm-hmm. that's the rule. So we are all. All of us have restrictions on freedom because it's for the benefit of society. We all play by rules that benefit all of us, and in this case, it's public safety. And certainly in this case, and, and I'm glad that the president is mandating masks and vaccines for all federal employees. Um, I wish it could have happened sooner. I mm-hmm. think they waited until the vaccine was fully uh, regulated by the uh, FDA, you know, get its full certification. Mm-hmm. So you don't have that excuse anymore because they were emergency provisions so far. Yeah, I think it also yeah. stalled out. And they said, okay, nobody's getting shots anymore. We're throwing this away. Now we need to mandate this. Fun fact I heard today um, – George Washington vaccinated his troops yeah. before they went out. Yeah, I saw that too. Unbelievable. And and a We've lot of people been doing go, it since day one. I know. A lot of people go. They had vaccines back in the 18th century. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah guys, come on, come on, really. You know, it's it should be. Um, I, 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 I'm, I hope this isn't too controversial, but there's there's times I'm so embarrassed to be an American because yeah, me too. There's other countries like India. I'm sure those people would pay five thousand bucks to get a shot. There's people who have means there, and they can't get it. And I just read we threw away 150 million doses because they weren't used. And I, th- I and think that's the next step is to support other countries with the vaccine. Well, there were 150 million doses that could have gone free to India. Yeah. Right? That's 150 million lives. You know, we got to get over there, our self-importance, naval-looking stuff. Mm-hmm. We're world citizens, too. And strategically, like I said, people have come to our island and started spreading it. That's my belief. Well— we could have been totally vaccinated, but people still can travel to our country. This is a worldwide pandemic. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter what the borders are. And because of the efficiency of travel, it can spread just like that. And so, yeah, well, we have it for free. Right. That's another thing. It's so easy. Bainbridge, shout out to Bainbridge Prepares. Oh, I like, yes. That's where I got my shot. Yeah, and me too. what a fantastic organization that was. But let's go back in time. I was applying every time the shots were available. I'd get on that Monday morning, start punching yeah. in. They're Boom. all gone in five minutes. Yeah. Hey, look how hard I had to fight to get a vaccine. And now you got, you got time to stop in Walgreens for a second? You yeah. know, gosh, it, it's, it's really sad. And well, look at it like, like Marjorie Taylor Greene taking a $500 <laughs> fine every single day she steps onto the Senate f- floor because she just, no, you're taking my freedom away. Yeah, you know, I heard a good line um ignorance is a lack of knowledge stupidity is ignoring knowledge Mm, that's good i like that and i think you can take it further with that individual i'm just my personal liberty their knowledge is awful because they're an information silo that it's you know they're they don't they're true they the the election was stolen or these vaccines are you know going to we're so divided. How do we come together? I mean, you know, we're a little bit divided right here on this island. Yeah, well, on on that, this is where I thought we could be divided. You know, like the movie Independence Day and the whole world's come together. When you have a common enemy, sometimes you, you suddenly forget your borders. You mm-hmm. suddenly forget all those divisions. And that used to be this country. You know, when we would we would say, our divisions stop at the water's edge. Like there was a conflict overseas. We are united in a nation to go get Osama bin Laden, for example. Everyone's for that. I don't know anybody who was against that. 
And this is that. This is an enemy that, <laughs> think of this, 650,000 people are dead. Our fellow citizens are dead. Mm-hmm. That's more than all the wars combined. Mm-hmm. And we're killing ourselves. And if that's not enough to divide you, I don't know. Tim, I really, it's really getting frustrating because probably a lot of people share this. I kind of view, well, you and I have gotten the vaccine. Mm-hmm. The vast majority on Bainbridge, we've done our job. I'll be in next in line for the booster. Me too. too. And, and we're like the good kids. We've done our thing. Now we get to go play in recess, except for a couple jerks. Mm-hmm. And now we can't go out to recess. I don't know. I don't know how to get to it. I don't know. I think I think the information silo is so tight, you know, the the QAnons and all these kind of folks that it's there. It's proof. Now you have some of their friends dying. Mm-hmm. I've some of the some of the I don't know who these are because I'm not in that world, but apparently are top uh, right wing shock jocks who hated vaccines and were anti maxers and they're all they're dead. Three or four of them have died from it. Mm-hmm. And you think, well, those are the people I trusted. Those are the people I got my information from, and now he's dead. But where's the drop? Well, you know, I, look, I look at the, the Fox News who are, like, saying that, you know, Biden is, is horrible, yada, 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 and, you know, we can't allow him to mandate the mask. I guarantee you everybody in that studio had to get vaccinated to work in that studio. You're not guarantee it's truth. That's been reported. Mm-hmm. Everybody at Fox Studios is vaccinated. Yeah. So they're— Hypocritical. That's the, you think? <laughs> A little bit? Yeah. I, I used to really um, believe in CNN, and now, you know, I'm not at all. <laughs> um, but NPR and BBC seem to be reliable. You know, the UPI and API used to be reliable. And even now, those outlets that have been long trusted, but I'd, not necessarily the, the things I turn to right away, they seem a little iffy as well. Like you know? what? what? What way? What do you Wait, I, I just don't think it's the whole truth all the time with mm-hmm. BBC and, and NPR. Um, they, it's kind of slanted to get a directive or a subject matter mm-hmm. out. And it, I just, you know, it's kind of like whole history. You know, mm-hmm. wh- what are we teaching? Par- partial history or, or the whole thing? And are we viewing it from both sides? I don't know. I just, mm-hmm. there's a lot of doubt when I get my news now. I feel like I got to research it over and over and over. And so where do you go uh, if you don't trust those sources? Uh, usually my wife. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, that's a great answer. <laughs> I'm gonna go with her. <laughs> You're a good man, Tim. I'm trying. <laughs> um, right. Please continue. We're yeah. going on tangents, but this is kind of nice to talk about uh, real world problems. Um, well, they are, and it's a, you know, it's this is where cities matter. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, the Bainbridge Cares Group that pushed the stuff through in the city. Um, I'll give the city council, the past the current city council credit for putting in extra money for the first respond. I mean, the uh, essential workers, the raises, the hazard pay for people working grocery stores and such, mm-hmm. which I find it quite ironic that suddenly a grocery checker is an essential worker. They are always essential. Mm-hmm. These are people who are always essential. But because now they have the surface that they can only provide all of a sudden they're elevated to hero status, which they are because they were out there, who knows, coming in that store. I'm just going to make a quick tangent on that. Um, This has created uh, a lot of, people have a lot of fear, and when you have fear, you you do irrational actions and you want to blame someone for it. It's a quick bumper sticker. You lost your job, blame the Mexicans. Well, (laughs) since the the previous occupant of the White House started saying these racist tropes like, you know, China virus and Kung flu, 
and wouldn't pull back. Um, you know, I've been accosted several times going into a store where people are being removed um, because they refuse to wear masks. And this is what, when I was in Everett taking care of my friend up there and walking in, and these guys are spitting mad. And they, good thing they were restrained by people because they wanted to lunge at me. And they said at the top of their voice, you are the effing reason we have to wear these effing masks. Me, just this Asian person walking in the store. And that's deliberate. That's deliberate fear, and it's it's something that our country often does. Um, and I have some uh, older Asian American friends who um, can't go out alone, even on this island. They feel, you know, even though it's safe, can you go to the store with me? Just because they feel a little safer. So why we have to live in that? That's a manufactured fear. Um, Many people know I've been working on this project here on Bainbridge Island, the Bainbridge Island Japanese American Exclusion Memorial, mm-hmm. where we were the first, this, our community was the first to be forcibly removed in the war. And that was all in fear. Dr. Frank Kitamoto, who was the president of our community, and he was two and a half years old when he was uh, removed, he, uh, one of his last speeches at the Minidoka pilgrimage, that's where they ended up at the end of the war, his last line was the last line of my Humanities Washington presentation. The opposite of love is not hate, it's fear. And I believe that to be true. And if you think about it, that's where the hate comes, because of whatever you're fearful of. And now we're seeing it in real time now, this manufactured fear against uh, anybody who looks like me. And by the way, the incredible cowardice of these guys. You've seen the videos. You've got some 85, 90-year-old Asian person, and they come and sucker punch him in the back of the head. You know... You're not only just a that, – that's the most cowardly bully thing. God, yeah. pick, pick on someone your own age maybe. Um, gosh, I mean it's just – it's heartbreaking. There's no fair fights though. Oh, you know, yeah. um, whether – you know, we're at, at Will's uh, state, so I can say, Clarence, mm-hmm. we have a disagreement. Are you willing to fight me? And you can say, yes, we can fight. No problem, not against the law. Those type of things where it's just like I've randomly become <laughs> a racist and decided that I hate you and I've never met you, never had a discussion about it, mm-hmm. and I come at you and attack you. It It is just fear. Mm-hmm. It's fear. It, it's, it's. I remember in high school, um, I had a real good friend that was gay mm-hmm. that um, I also worked at the library after school with him, and he took so much shit all the time and I never knew he was gay my entire high school life and looking back everybody was fearful of him like he would attack and have sex with him <laughs> or something and looking back on oh, that was the most ridiculous mm-hmm. fearful thing so pe- I was constantly trying to protect him um, because people would attack him mm-hmm. all the time and I had never picked up I didn't have gaydar back then at all and uh I was open to it even after I found out about it, but it was amazing mm-hmm. the amount of hate. And everybody's like, hey, why don't you ever go back to your high school reunion? And I'm like, even though high school on the outside looked good for Tim Self, inside I was just like, I don't really get along with anybody here. Mm. It is such a white trash, lack of color, lack of diversity mm-hmm. school that I went to, and it just drove me nuts. Where was that? 
out in Bothell back when Bothell. it was farm farmland mm-hmm. and it was all mm-hmm. rock and roll and cigarettes and whiskey <laughs> and fast cars and mm-hmm. big hair. <laughs> Sounds like Moses Lake. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> I was more into the yeah. Michael Jackson Prince, go mm-hmm. to the nice club, mm-hmm. night clubs and dance and mm-hmm. stuff like that. We yeah. had quite the break cool. crew. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I see it. And it's, it's a lack of strength and character in the person that comes up and attacks somebody like that. And mm-hmm. the Asian hate has got to stop. I mean, America funded the lab in Wuhan, you know. Secondly, you're Japanese. Well, it doesn't matter. I mean, uh, did anybody call the swine flu the American flu? Uh, no. There you go. All right. And here's a perfect, um, tomorrow is September 11th, um, you know, the anniversary of that attack on our country. And I always use this as an example. That on September 10th, 2001, did anybody know what a Muslim was? If you were aware, mm. you know, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar or, or you know, Muhammad Ali. Yeah, those are the But two. that was it. Maybe, yeah, the two most famous. And then suddenly on September 11th, they're our enemy. Just like that, we turned that fast. Right. They were just people, you know, sports celebrities and all these people. Suddenly, they're the enemy. Well, we funded them, too. Yeah. Well, you know? yeah. Uh, in, uh, yeah uh, and in that led to 20 years of being in Afghanistan. Afghanistan. And now we're pulling out and people are complaining. We trained, we trained bin Laden and yeah. gave him arms. That's another great story. Um, John Perkins, the author, has been on the show. And Mm -hmm. when they assassinated bin Laden, his body matter landed on John's book, which was on the bookcase behind it. You're kidding. No. Whoa. So that's a fun fact, B.I. people. Oh, my. Oh, God. Yeah, so I asked him. Does he have it still? (laughs) 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 We just like to return this to you, John. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Yourself. Yeah, yeah. No, we all have good cleaning supplies. We know how to do this now. Yeah. <laughs> but oh, you my know, God. Hussein, Bin Laden. We, I feel like America is hypocritical because our biggest employer is the military. Um, we manufacture. We don't, you know, we do most of, get most of our manufactured goods from China except guns. Mm-hmm. So then we go and distribute these guns to all these terrorist groups and other countries and stuff, and then we have to have guns to fight them, so we produce more guns. Then we have to have a war to continue <laughs> to use these, so we always got to put our toe in the pool. It's a vicious cycle of it, and then politicians are actively participating on left or right sides of gun control. You know, The NRA seems to have been embezzling tons of money and yeah. going down the toilet and uh what are we doing <laughs> <laughs> well you know uh, i've had a lot of you know, this is really a fun conversation um i'm i'm for gun control uh, we mm-hmm. do have weapons control and there are w- limits no one owns a bazooka or shouldn't i mean it's a weapon if you have a right to all arms the thing about the second amendment is that the punctuation screwed it all up mm-hmm. it's people talk about um the second half of the amendment says, the right to keep and bear arms, comma, shall not be infringed. But the preamble part says, a well-regulated militia, comma, necessary for the security of a free state, comma, the right of the people to keep and care- bear arms, comma, shall not be infringed. And if you take away the first comma and the last comma, you have a very clear delineation of what they were trying to do. Because when the founding fathers started, we didn't have a professional military. 
It was all mm. ragtag. It was the Minutemen. It was, you know, shopkeepers and everybody fighting, right? And we had guns that shot one bullet yeah, at a time. Yeah, exactly. I made it. Yeah. yeah. And you had to load it. Hey, yeah. hang on. I got to put this little thing in here and I'll put Ride the gun down. down. Barrel. Yeah, don't shoot, you know, don't shoot me yet. Um, but because we had just defeated the world superpower, you know, Great Britain, and the fear was they would come back, which they did, you know, a few years later in 1812, they said, we got to be ready. So everybody's got to have an arm be caught up at a moment's notice, a Minuteman. So you have to have a gun. So they said, yeah, citizens have a right to a gun, but it was for the mil militia, mm -hmm. a well-regulated militia necessary for the security of a free state. And so you just talked about the most expensive militia ever in the history of the world, and that's us, yep. right? 100%. I mean, uh, and so kind of went overboard there. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, well, yeah. gun control, I just want a background check, and I don't want to be have an 18-year-old just walk into a store and, and buy a gun or, or those folks with mental disability, you know. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. you should re should be able to have to register, and you should have a background check. Um, yeah, yeah, it's a dangerous thing. You have to take um, driver's ed before you can drive a car, yeah, right? Right. You yeah. have to pass a test, right? Mm -hmm. Cars can be dangerous. Mm -hmm. Guns are a lot more dangerous in my mind. Why mm -hmm. is there no set of rules in place to you know obtain a gun? Well, I think I think we're inching toward it. You know, we have that in our state. States are taking the lead. You know, we have background checks in our state now, and it's been ruled constitutional, so it's not an infringement yeah, but of rights. Like, let's say you're in Moses Lake and there's mm -hmm. a gun show. Can't you just buy a gun right there at the show? That's one of the problems, isn't it? Because yeah. they're yeah. So some people sneak around it that way. I mean, um, rules are made there. Rules, government rules are there for all of us to follow, and then someone always tries to figure out how to get around the rule. Uh, that's always going to exist. Mm -hmm. But if you have it, um, you have one more tool you can go after these folks. Um, I mentioned when I went to Australia, uh, Australia had an awful uh, massacre. I think it was 1990. It, w it was something they'd never seen. But it was a, and almost immediately they confiscated all the guns. They took them away. Um, they, they, you can own guns, but you have to be in some sort of club and armory. Uh, mm. Handguns are totally outlawed, I believe because they reacted that strongly. I found that interesting from a country that was made by criminals. But they reacted because they were, they were shocked by it. And gun deaths, go look at the stats. Mm -hmm. it, it would take them years to match, you know, one day in Chicago. Right. So... And you look at countries like J Japan, for mm -hmm. example. Police don't even carry guns. Right. You know, in, in England, they don't... The bobbies with their sticks, right. Yeah. yeah. Unfortunately, England has become a, a stabbing culture. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so maybe we need some knife rules. Get ahead of that too. Well, I think I think that's just a that's from their days when they were you know knights and they had their swords and you you know that that's probably part of the culture there. Although I I, I wonder, yeah. you know no uh, that'd be something. If it was uh, gun control, handguns are so portable portable, mm -hmm. but if you have a rifle, it's hard to dis hard to uh, um, you know disguise it. Yeah. Same with a sword. Australia is a yeah. beautiful country. I haven't been there, but I've been to New Zealand, and oh, beautiful, beautiful place. Um, it's a, they're totally different places. Yeah, New Zealand's our beauty on steroids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I gotta say, New Zealand is the most beautiful place I've ever been in my life. When I've was that? Been a lot of places. Um, what was Wh it? When was it? Um, two thousand five. Huh. Um, okay. but like, I like how they handle it. They don't have a gun problem, and they're. They don't really have a COVID problem. Yeah. Because they regulate 
shit. Okay, four people have COVID. The whole country is locked down. We're not continuing to spread it one more person. And then I look at places like Italy and America that are just it's ravishing communities. You know, I had an observation on that. Um, he, as a young prime minister, you know, really uh, um, vibrant person. And it's an island, so they could quarantine the island pretty quickly, mm-hmm. travel and travel in and out. And they locked down hard. Uh, Germany did a pretty good job. There's something in common with these countries that they're led by women. Yeah. And my theory is— 100%. Yeah. And my theory is there's a maternal instinct. Yeah, they nurture. I think it—well, I think there's a maternal instinct in all species, you know, mammals and the rest, because you're just hardwired to protect your young, because that's how you continue your species. Yeah, well said. And that's why all the babies look so cute. I don't care what breed, because, you know, orangutan babies look cute. I think they got it, because you know, I, I got to take care of the screaming thing. But I think it's DNA— um, and I don't think it's a sexist thing. I think it's a DNA thing in all mothers of all different mm-hmm. species. And so when they become leaders, the country is their children. The country is who we are responsible for. And they're going to do everything they can to protect my children, in right. essence. And so that, that maternal drive, I think, had a totally different impact on how they tried to protect their country. Um, and they're better for it. Yeah, I think I think we need to continue to look at women in leadership and positions of power going forward. I know, you know, I've had some health scares, and my biggest advocate was my wife. And it's not something that she wanted to do. It was just inherited. Mm-hmm. It inherited? In, in, yes, I'm no. not <laughs> catching the right word there. Word there. But, uh, you know, she knows how to nurture. She it. it, it immediately kicks in to take care of people. Did you notice that when you had your kid? She can, That kind of happens in her DNA? She just... She went like this. I got to yeah. get back to work. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so much for that maternal instinct. <laughs> no, she, she oh. loves her son yeah. very much. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, she's very uh, career-driven. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, I think I'm good with kids. Good. So it well, works I mean, out good. Um, I'm not saying that males can't be nurturers. I mean, you're no, clearly one. There, yeah. there should be nothing bad at looking at role reversals in, mm-hmm. in certain situations. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, I think New Zealand's done a great job that way with guns and COVID. Uh-huh. Anyway, we're here so, to talk so about So when, when are we moving to New Zealand? Okay. Oh, jeez, yeah. I'd love to be a great <laughs> farmer out there. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, so we know a little bit about you. What are things that you would like to accomplish um, once you get on city council? Well, uh, talking generationally, we're, and, and I want to keep in that theme, you know, I'm in the third act of my life, they say, mm-hmm. you know, and so what's the future? And I want this island to be as diverse and nurturing and a place for your son to grow up in, but it's changing dramatically. One, it's become a place of incredible privilege. I mean, entry level is three quarters of a million for mm-hmm. a house, if you can get one. Um, and uh, here's a startling statistic. Uh, the school district, which is our larger employer on Bainbridge Island, is about 500 employees. They've they've lost about 600 students in the last 10 years. The current graduating class is around 300, but the kindergarten class is 200. Assuming all wow. those kindergartners go through the entire 12 years, that delta is wrong, right? Because that means less staff. That means fewer people uh, working here on in the island. And it also means that this island is getting uh, harder for younger families to live here. I mean, those 600 gone in the 10 years, that's... I don't know how many hundreds of families that represents that used to live here in mm-hmm. the last 10 years. And so that indicates a lot of things. It indicates uh, affordable housing is an issue. 
that's big on my concerns. Um, when I moved to the island in 2000, I became part of the Bainbridge Island Health, Housing, and Human Services Council. It was a chartered council by the city, being the umbrella for all those needs, health, housing, human services. And um, we distributed the city's funds to the appropriate nonprofits under that umbrella. And we were doing a, a needs assessment of what was happening on the island, and I wrote several columns for the Bainbridge Island Review back then. And in one of them, I said then, and it's even more true now, I said, the people who live here can't afford to work here, and the people who work here can't afford to live here. And that has huge implications for a lack of social economic diversity on the island. Um, and it also has an environmental impact. You got 70% of the people, 70% of those trips are not coming off the ferry. They're coming on to Bainbridge Island and off to Bainbridge Island to work. Mm-hmm. Um, and we need affordable housing for those people who provide our city. We just talked about the, uh, the grocery workers who became all of a sudden essential people. But we also have our firefighters, police, uh, teachers I've talked about, healthcare professionals, landscapers. Uh, you know, all these people are, make our city work, mm-hmm. and yet they don't live here. So one, they're spending a lot of their time and money going somewhere else, living somewhere where they can afford it. And two, we're losing money. Any economist will tell you that um, the more a dollar circulates indicates the health of your economy. The more, dollar, the, more, the more dollar gets touched in your community, the more it shows that your economy is vibrant. And what they meant by that is you got these people, let's say you have a um, you know, policeman who lives in Paulsbo or teachers commuting from, from Bremerton, mm-hmm. many people are. Well, they're taking our salaries, your tax dollars that you paid their salaries here, but all their tax dollars are, it's, going, it's going to be in Paulsbo. They spend their rent or mortgage, and, and they go to the grocery store there. That dollar no longer belonged to Bainbridge Island, even though we invested that dollar in that person. And so that's also bad for our economy. It's also n- it's just not a good thing. So there's a lot of things we have to do to try to make this uh, few. And I want this island to be that when I moved here 20 years ago. It was a lot more diverse. There was a lot more middle class and affordable homes. <laughs> uh, so uh, we're going the opposite direction. Uh, Squim's an example. You know, they have a, it's become a, a very popular destination for retirees. You know, we have a growing senior population here too, but also it's a very uh, financially well-off population. Um, but in Squim, truly everybody's almost imported to work there. Mm-hmm. Nobody that, even you know, city people, city work in their city, almost everybody. It's a, an incredible percentage that don't live in their community. And so it's a retired, it's basically a retirement community with hired help to come in from the outside. That's not a community. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a retirement village. I want Bainbridge Island to be a real community. And so finding ways to make all these things happen, affordable housing, um, opportunities, and careers. And I think maybe COVID has given us a chance because now more and more places um, are remote. Mm-hmm. You know, for, you know, for the last, a lot of the people who are, the people who uh, have moved here, they're Google people, they're you know, Amazon, Microsoft. They realized I can do it from my den. Mm-hmm. I can do it from my office. I don't have to ride that ferry anymore. So maybe that's one way we can get people in here, you know, uh, and other, but the, but the other, but those folks I mentioned, they can't do Google. Mm. Firefighter can't call it in. Right. And there's also another thing that makes me uh, want that affordable housing in that we're one disaster of way of realizing how important the real first responders are. You know, with the majority of our police and uh, firefighters and our healthcare providers not living on our island, 
let's imagine, um, you know, people say you, you can't imagine. With the wildfires, wildfires and stuff, anything's possible these days. And let's say we have a major earthquake where the Agate Pass Bridge is damaged and or destroyed, and same with the ferry terminal. Mm-hmm. The only people going to help us are the people who are on shift right now. How are those other police and firefighters, when, when our buildings are on fire and people are, need help, uh, you know, they're under great risk or they may have been killed already from these disasters, where do they come from? You can't have the people who are living here work for 90 hours straight. And so it is a it is a critical public safety issue that we have diversity on the island, especially those people who provide those primary services that we depend on all the time. What do you have to say to the people that say we've already built out to 2050, we do not have to continue to grow this island whatsoever, and maybe this is an island of luxury and made for the one percenters and affordable housing is just not an issue that we've been able to tackle su- successfully nor will we in the future well one I, I that's pretty defeatist and i'm more of an optimist i think we can um the city puts a lot of effort into it there was the uh, affordable housing task force a few years ago that's mm-hmm. been a lot of energy on this i think it was 2017 i could be wrong but they had a full report on how to do this with great strategies uh, should the people elect me to the council, one of my first things would say, "That's there's our blueprint. Mm-hmm. Let's just put it in. Let's start taking that. Let's make that. Let's make that policy. Um, that's one start because there are and are, and these are all synergetic. By doing that, we also create a better environment. You know, I've always lived in Winslow. When I first moved here, I lived in the apartment that's across from uh, t- town and country. I was I'm the closest townhouse to the. Uh, it was called the Key Bainbridge on Bajoon Drive. I was closest to the senior center and the now aquatic, that beautiful aquatic rowing center. Mm-hmm. And I walked to work, rode the ferry to Sound Transit, walked back, and then became a game for me. How long can I go without driving my car? Right. It was a very walkable yeah. island. Well, I went months. I mean, there was one time I had to jumpstart it. It had been sitting there so long. <laughs> Seriously. And so think of that zero carbon. Mm-hmm. All that time, I just did that. And so density within an urban core where it's walkable and you go to services, one, I was an example. I went months without... One bit of CO2 from a vehicle, because um, I walked everywhere. And it's also good for our health, mm-hmm. just getting out. That's good for vitality, and it's just good for community vibe. The more active people are on streets, it gives a community a sense of place, and crime drops. Mm-hmm. Because crime, people do property crimes and people do other assault crimes. They don't want to be caught. They do it when it's quiet, dark, people are alone. So when you just have people around, you, you don't see someone you know, snatching a purse or assaulting someone in the middle oh, of the night. Everybody's in bed by 8.30 on this Well, island. that's true, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so who, who are you going to get? Wait till it gets dark. Right. <laughs> yeah. But so there, there's a lot of reasons why it's important. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, why is it the city's responsibility and not Housing Resources Bainbridge to take on this t- monumental task? Of well, how, Housing Resources Bainbridge has been doing probably the most monumental part of it. What the city can do is through incentives. You know, you can... Uh, give special, I, I'm not even sure what the tools would be. You could, with a new development, you could require a certain percentage of affordable housing before before it can be let. There's a variety of tools in that toolkit that the uh, uh, ho- Affordable Housing Task Force has. And those are things that city can do. The one power cities have is zoning. And that mm-hmm. dictates what you can do on a property. And with that, it's becoming more and more important because uh, Winslow is the urban core. The city's working on a Winslow master plan, but this is where the growth really should be, in my opinion, because it is walkable. It's the place where you can have all these opportunities where you don't need to use your cars. 
And there's only so many places that future developments can can happen. Right. So that becomes far more valuable. So therefore, you know, the higher your value, the more you can uh, require of whoever that uh, person is, along this proper zoning. I mean, you can't put in a, a apartment building in an R1. Mm-hmm. But so where you live in downtown Winslow, mm-hmm. it's, it's zoned um, for building. Mm-hmm. Now, let me hear your opinion on possible locations for affordable housing. Mm-hmm. The parking lot, the diamond lot adjacent to the ferry, the recently scrapped hotel area, um, the Suzuki property. Mm-hmm. Where do you see it fitting in, and what kind of density and unit number are you looking at that well, I think may those be are possible? Those are all opportunities, but here's what I've, I'm going to say also. One of the things I'm running for city council is... Well, people have asked me to run for city council for years, and uh, I'd always say, you want me to run for city council? Wait, I thought you liked me. Yeah. And uh, one of the reasons why we've had, you know, and it shouldn't be that much of a joke, but part of it is uh, people don't have a lot of faith in government. They feel some people have agendas. They feel some people, you know, decisions are made. Feel for, they do have I'm, agendas. I'm, <laughs> you can you, play Mr. Nice Guy, yeah. but I, I even okay. as as neutral as I'm trying to be, uh-huh. um, we've had dozens yeah. of ethics complaints. Mm-hmm. We've had people, well, first day, we had the mayor and the deputy mayor and Leslie Snyder and Risham Nassar get a major pissing fight the very first mm-hmm. city council meeting. Mm-hmm. And then I see that happening in different variety of Mm-hmm. Actions and stuff like that, you know. Ron and Sarah Blossom, they had their thing with the non-create, non-procreate day. Just there's a lot of, mm-hmm. lot of gossipy soap opera bullshit going on, and it's all around city council. And then you have, for, oh, I don't want to use that term. <laughs> we have a local paper <laughs> that is really hurting for subject matter, so it's days of your life. Mm-hmm. Lives on Bay Ridge Island. You know, it's an old school '80s soap opera around city council, mm-hmm. and I can't help but think there's agendas and there's narcissism and um, there's not teamwork. There's been so many votes that just pulled out out of the blue. Like, hey, we're gonna vote on Clarence driving his car every day. Four, raise your hand. All in favor? Yeah. Okay. Pass. Four versus three. Oh, I'm sorry that so-and-so wasn't here today, but now I got the majority because I talked about it with my three buddies over mm-hmm. here. My biggest worry is that there's block voting going on where outside of a quorum, there's... It just seems like business gets done off the diocese in private, and then that lacks transparency. Mm-hmm. You know, I really liked what... Uh, <coughs> I think it's Chris and Drew who was doing that Kobe Connects flyer every month that was informative a big reason why i started this podcast about four and a half years ago was i didn't know what the hell's going on around me Mm -hmm. so i needed to ask people and a lot of people were like i don't know i don't pay attention to that crap show (laughs) and i'm like well i kind of need to know because i'm in a situation where i'm a homeowner Mm -hmm. and property tax seems to pay for everything Mm -hmm. and now i'm in a situation where my house has tripled in value Mm -hmm. in 10 years so when I got here, it was affordable, mm-hmm. you know, and now 
it's looking like it's not so yeah. affordable, and it's only going to continue. I mean, this is not uh, Redfin saying it. It's the, <laughs> yeah. it's the yeah. you're looking at your county assessment, county assessor <laughs> right. coming out. Yeah. And I was like, you have never been in my house. <laughs> yeah, it's a dump. <laughs> 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 what do you mean it's worth a million dollars? You know. <laughs> Um, so that's a little frustrating. I was just uh-huh. like, why are my taxes keep going up? And I found out my taxes pay for almost everything, yeah. you yeah, know, and there's people, like you said, off island, don't live here, that reap the benefit of my tax dollars going mm-hmm. to them. So I just needed to get in the know. And then I started watching city council mm-hmm. meetings and, uh, you know, it just doesn't, it hasn't seemed to improve, improved in the four year, four years. It's, some things are great. Like the race equity stuff has been mm-hmm. awesome and seeing the signs that we're all welcome here. I thought that was a great, great move. Um, some shoulder widening, you know, has been some great improvements because there's so much of this island that's not walkable or rideable because mm-hmm. there's disappearing white line on the sideline. And yeah, so yeah. that's been a huge beef of mine. You know, I wrecked my bike on day after Thanksgiving. I was concussed for about eight weeks, really struggling. And, uh, it was in a situation where the road was just so poor, and uh, lost control. Yeah, mm. and there was a there was a definite uh, kind of like a track in the road that had been cut out, like uh, as if a bulldozer um, fingernail had <laughs> come through it, right? Mm. And then I couldn't go because it was so deep, right or left. I lost it at thirty miles an hour. That was that was tough. Wow. And my friend. Uh, Chuck just had an accident almost the same spot out there, <laughs> and he was airlifted to Harborview. I'm glad you're doing better, Chuck, by the way. Yeah, you know, I'm bike too. I've done several uh, STPs and chilly hillies, but it's frightening to me. You know, I know I take my life in my hands because especially I'm glad that the uh, uh, bike lanes are happening over Inga Harbor Drive because there's so yeah. many blind areas there, and yeah. you know how it is. That's so where I crashed. Right, yeah, and, and so one thing, you, you, you got hills. People forget. Although people are riding electric bikes, so that's a whole other cool that's topic. That's what I was riding. Oh, you had an electric bike? Yeah, I got a rad power bike. Oh, man. God, lucky you. But I'm, I'm still pedaling. And so, you know, it takes effort to Good get up a you. hill. And so, you know, you got those blind corners and cars come around. You know, you're Can I stop you for one sure. second? People think that electric bikes, that nobody pedals them in their No, you got to pedal assist. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and you can yeah. turn off the pedal assist or yeah. the throttle. You can ride it like a normal right. bike. And it's actually difficult because the bike it weighs a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Go on. <laughs> no, yeah. And so, um, you know, I, I, I do that. I mean, I understand that. And you know, on a segue on that, good for you on riding bikes. Is there's another non-motorized transportation that makes it easier for people. You know, I try to do it because I want to stay in shape. But some people, it's, it is arduous because we ha- do have mm-hmm. a lot of st- just coming from Winslow to to high school. People, you drive your cars. You, it's a hill, folks. It's a hill. Yeah. And and uh, it takes effort, and a lot of people get discouraged. And that would be a place where you would want people to ride bikes. See, that's the urban core. Right. But just that little incline is discouraging for many people. Thankfully so, for us, the STO trail came in, so yeah. you can go right off the ferry, not on the road. Straight up. Cross 305, yeah. and then we're home Yeah, safe. Sound Sound Olympics is a fantastic uh, vision. I That's going to be thrilling when it's done. Mm-hmm. Um, God, imagine, imagine the, you know, if you think Chili Hilly or... or uh, um, uh, Seattle, Portland. Imagine an STO day. You know how long yeah. that would. I mean, that would be a cool event. That would be really cool. I still see some old yeah. bicycle jerseys from STO. Yeah. Anyway, no. Seattle, Portland. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I got, I got mine. STP. 
My first was 93. Nice. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that's, but I think that's an opportunity. Yeah. If we had more electric bikes, more people would ride around in Winslow. And um, just on that topic, that's why I like uh, putting density close because the fewer cars you have on the road. Oh, yeah, we're, ta we're talking about places to put affordable housing. Yeah. If we put a oh, yeah, 40, back to that. Let me 40 or 50 yeah. units mm -hmm. in the core, mm -hmm. what kind of gridlock does it make for people catching the ferry um, if that big of unit size is going in there? Well, most of them would walk to the ferry instead of driving. Mm -hmm. And I think a, a perfect example is Growville or Grow Community, mm -hmm. you know, Corner Grow and Wyatt. Um, and that fir first went in, there was a lot of... Uh, Controversy, some con some uh, opposition to it. Um, people forget that it was mostly a good portion of it government housing. It was like a yeah, navy, all of it. yeah, a government way. I think it was even called. How was this? How um, we got our first house? Oh, yeah, you were you live in government way? No, but we had one in Bothell. Oh, uh -huh. cut it in half, jacked it up, put a basement under it. Oh, neat. But we got it off resale for nothing. Yeah, we just had to move it. Right. Well, so there was concern about that, about what you just said. But if you really look at it, people don't drive their cars out of there very often. Mm -hmm. I challenge you to go sit there at Grove Village and wait for a car to come out of that garage. Yep. They stay home. And so that works. Also, whoever came up, I, I've, I'm in communications and marketing, and boy, Grow Community, what a brilliant, what a brilliant marketing line. I just, you know, it's a town. I mean, that's their street. It's, it's exactly their objective. And they actually are doing it. Mm -hmm. and, and so you have this great density. It's a sustainable building. You know, good building materials, high high uh, energy efficiency, and one more important thing: the, the groundwater retention, and filtration, and recharge that they put designed in, is far better than what existed there before. Just mm -hmm. government way would be a street, and the water would just run down and end up on Winslow Way, and there you go. Um, w talk about you know development um, is always against the environment. I I say we development can if with smart development you can actually improve the environment. Winslow Way is an example. You know, that was water just going down untreated into uh, Eagle Harbor. Mm -hmm. But all of those uh, square basins, before they put in the uh, um, landscaping, what are these? Well, these are rain gardens. They're capturing all the water with filtration of natural soils and plants. And so the, the surface pollutants, oil and the rest, are now getting filtered, filtered naturally yep. and captured, slowed down as well, so the erosion element. Um, the Bainbridge Island Japanese American Exclusion Memorial is the example of that. That was a road, to, you know, Taylor Road came down, the water came, went down straight untreated through just a... Oh, yeah. Yeah, and we built that environment. We built the, the stormwater retention pond. That is man-made, and it's now a habitat to ducks. And so development can actually create environment. Development can actually improve. And that's the kind of smart, kind of smart thing that we should do. And so on your original question, um, on places that the density might go, and I was going back to the council. Um, one of the things that people are, council have previous ideas. I pledge, and I mean this sincerely, when any issue comes up, I'm going to listen to all sides fairly. I'm going to listen openly and respectfully. And I don't have a preconceived place. So on issues like that, on Suzuki or whatever, this may come up again. Should the voters choose me to be on the council, it could be something that could come up in the next four years. And... I can say with all sincerity and protecting the city as well that I had no biases. I just listened to the public hearings, read all the materials, and made a decision. Mm -hmm. That's how proper ethical decision-making happens. I've been in government my entire life, my career. I've worked for the White House, the governor's office, the state senate, 
there are standards of 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 doing your work. Do and you feel that this current city council is meeting those type of standards? There's always room for improvement. That is such a political answer. <laughs> well, yes. I, I, I'm, we're well, all works we in are, progress, yes. and well, and, we and can also, all it's also, it's also another thing. Um, hopefully, if I get elected, I'm going to have to work with some of these people. Yeah, and so I want to have a good. I want to have a good relationship. I don't want them to have a preconceived idea of who I am or what I think on that. Because I've been a person. I've been living here for 20 years, and I've been on all sorts of different groups. And I think people respect my collaboration, my input, um, how we get things done, working together. Uh, and um, for those efforts, I was surprised in 2017 when the Bainbridge Island Chamber of Commerce named me the Citizen of the Year. That was, wow. Mm -hmm. But that was a nice validation and a nice um, uh, honor of showing all those years of contribution to the community. And, and I, don't, I didn't take that award uh, lightly. It was an incredible honor. There are so many other people who are doing so many wonderful things, mm -hmm. including people who helped build this Bainbridge Artists, Artists and Resource Network building. Yeah. And look at this thing. This is talking about lasting legacy. So there's there's a lot of outstanding people on this island. And uh, I, I just want to believe I'm only about one of three people that use the Studio 15 at the barn. <laughs> oh, man. It, it, COVID's really hit it hard here. And this is... Hey, shout out to everybody that's listening. You know, become a member at the barn. There's millions of great things to do, from cooking to writing to welding to wood shop. This is a, a place where community comes together and creates. Go ahead. I like that. Yeah. Oh, and sponsor the show on Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> Buy some mud water. There's a there's a link in the description of the story. Hey, on your uh, thing, I saw coffee cups. Is that real swag? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get, I'm gonna get one. Let me whatever. Well, Sign get, me up. I'll get I'll get you. Uh, so I'm off coffee. I'm on mud water full time well, now. It's a it's a vessel of any fluid. I will um, I will <laughs> hook you up with some mud water as well. I think sure. Stephen Colbert is sipping bourbon when he's selling his show. That's what I just think. I think a certain city council member on Zoom is sipping bourbon when he <laughs> when he talks. Well, let me know how much that coffee cup is. I'll certainly No, no, no. It's not me, for oh, sure. Okay. Um, you're not in office now, so you can accept gifts. <laughs> 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 but I fully expect you to be there. Yeah. Um, some more things that people should know about you and that you'd like to accomplish. And, and tell me how it's going so far. Well, um, it's going well. Uh, I think you the crushed the primary. That was an extraordinary turnout. Extraordinary. It was an extraordinary turnout, one. You think there was a lot of oh, it was way no. The turnout was astounding. Usually, there's about eighteen hundred voting in primary. There's over thirty two hundred. It was a general election turnout. Nearly fifty percent of the voters in the district turned out oh, on wow. an off year, off so, and they turned out for hopefully for two reasons. I think it's I think it's a well that much number against an incumbent is a clear message for change, uh, right? Because it is. I would like to also think that it was a positive support for who I am and mm -hmm. the contributions I've done to the community and what I think I can bring to the community. So I think it's a combination of both of those things. Um, and people have asked me to talk about, and I'll, I'll say this, um, elections are job interviews. They're, they're performance reviews. You know, they're like performance reviews. When you go to your, you know, we've all been in performance reviews, right? I mean, you know, you bet your job, you know, how well did you do, what your accomplishments, did you get along well with people, uh, continue your work. Um, that's what the incumbent has to do. I'm a candidate for that job, and my job mm -hmm. as a candidate is to talk about what my visions are, what my values are, who I am, so you learn a bit about me and, and who I am as a person, and um, hopefully I get selected for that job. 
And I've been 30 years both an interviewee and an interviewer for many mm -hmm. different positions. Um, never once in any of those situations I've ever asked or been asked, what do you think of the person holding the job right now? That's not an appropriate thing for a job candidate to talk about. It's up to the it's up to the incumbent to defend and talk about their record and why this person deserves a re-election and deserves to uh, serve the community for another four years. Mine is to say I, I would like to have that opportunity to serve. Well said. And she has her opportunity next Friday on the show. Um, what's what's eating at you the most? Like, what's the first thing you want to get your hands on and, and try to accomplish? What besi Besides affordable housing, is, is there something that you see that really could use an injection of clearance? You know, this is going to sound uh, trivial and inconsequential, but it really works. Um, one of the things I'd like to see is more citizen involvement, I mean, truly. And, but one of the things that happens with citizen involvement is you feel like they're talking, you're talking inside baseball. Like, you know, I'm a Star Trek fan, so you come to a Star Trek convention and, you know, you don't know what a dilithium crystal is, so you get bored and leave. Mm -hmm. You come to city council, you throw out acronyms, you throw out f terms, you know, you don't understand what they are. Acronyms drive me nuts. Yes. And so at Sound Transit, at uh, Kitsap County Commissioner's Office and the, and the Governor's Office, uh, we got rid of acronyms, and I actually got that policy in the Kitsap County Commissioner's Office. And here's an example of why that's important. When Sound Transit started, and I was there in 97, 90, yeah, 97, um, they were using a lot of jargon. So here's what a typical engineer would say at a public meeting. We're going to discuss alignments that are cut and cover at greater aerial. Did that make any sense to you? And even if so, while you're thinking about that, that person's talking about other stuff. You're not thinking about what they're saying because you're trying to figure out what I just said. Mm -hmm. Let's use let's use normal language. The routes we are considering are tunnel, on the street level, or elevated. That's what those words meant. It's common sense, and acronyms drive me nuts. Yeah, and I, so um, I say them, but I try to go STO, Seattle Transit. Yeah, we did. It, yeah, I tried to. I tried to talk them out because yeah. uh, you saw me go there. Yeah, uh, I because, do it too. You yeah, know, it's a bad habit. And so at Sound Transit, at uh, the governor's office, and, and at the Kitsap County Commissioner's office, where I actually wrote the policy, staff and elected officials in public settings, if you if you use an acronym or you know a term like that, you get fined a buck. Mm. You get fined a dollar. It's like a swear jar. Yeah, kinda, <laughs> and and in a way, um, it is to me because it keeps people away. It keeps people away from participating because number one, to come to a city council meeting in the first place, even though we're a small community, it's intimidating. You know, you got the cameras on, or the people are up on the dais. It takes a lot of courage for people. And many people, some people say speaking publicly is scarier than death. I mean, some people have said that in fear. Um, so if we know that we have a council and our staff who are talking in clear, deliberate terms. For example, floor area ratio, which is a hard concept to even get around. Unless but they keep saying FAR. So please, that acronym, and someone says FAR, and they don't what the, it makes no sense to someone trying to listen to a city council meeting when you throw that acronym around. Mm -hmm. so, um, so it sounds silly, no, but I, like I, it. I, think it's, I think it's something that really can expand uh, public involvement, public understanding of issues, which is really what we're doing. Mm -hmm. So... I'm gonna try, I'm gonna get that if I get elected. That's something that's gonna be uh, job one, and then work from there. Awesome, I like it. Yeah. Hey, um, if I can get a little personal here with mm -hmm. you, I was not around for this Rick Ryerson mm -hmm. debacle or whatever. And there's mm -hmm. some website mm -hmm. dedicated to a to lot me. of hate towards you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh -huh. um, what is that all about? 
Well, how did it start? Well, and it's, a, it's a long story, and, and to even talk about it gives him air because cyber stalkers and bullies want that. Mm, okay. I'll put it another way. The former occupant of the White House, and I say that deliberately because I work for President Clinton. I, d- I revere the office of the presidency. So I don't want to say that person's name. It's not like sort of saying Beetlejuice. And that title is so important to me that I'll just say former occupant. So what these narcissists want is attention and relevance. And they just want to keep prodding and prodding, and the hope is that it bugs you enough so they can keep coming back at you. And mm. he doesn't... I've wasted enough of my oxygen on this man. Uh, you know, I don't need to... I don't want to put another ounce of breath. Amen. I, I, I know the type of per- person you're talking about. I run into one o- on this island quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, any other things you would like to shout out? You're at Clarence for Bainbridge Island dot U.S.? Yeah, yeah that's all lowercase, Clarence for Bainbridge, F-O-R dot U.S. Uh, that's my website. Please check it out. Um, and, uh, God, contact me through that. Info at Clarence for Bainbridge dot U.S. Um, one more question. Before. Yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you feel about growth and, and building and the general contractors that are here on the island and their opportunity to continue to make a living? when we're kind of maxed out density-wise and the, the priority is kind of affordable housing, mm-hmm. how many new homes are really going to be okayed in the next four years? I have no idea. Okay. I mean, again, I'm open to that. But it looks like general contractors are doing damn fine. Um, that's one of the gross... That's because everybody's bathroom wants to be remodeled. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a COVID thing, right? <laughs> yeah, got yeah, got to remodel. Well, a book, we, go, we, we joke, but there's a job there. Yeah. There's a real job. And money was circulating. I hope they were buying local. Um, that's really important with uh, the uh, leadership in energy and uh, engineering design, you know, lead standards. And one of their important things is to buy locally. You get points the, f- the closer your sources are. Mm-hmm. So I hope people are following that and doing that. I mean, that also helps our local uh, where, uh, hardware stores and the rest. I would like the language to change a little bit from lead, green, affordable. Like you get an option with, with those three. I I think they all three should be mandatory. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else was I thinking about that? Um, well, that yeah, I, I don't want people to be able to buy more density and and, and upgrade their zoning. If it's zoned for, for three houses, it should be three houses. It should not be six. You should not be able to dig deeper in your pocket and buy off mm-hmm. the zoning. And I, I think that's a bit of an issue when it comes to how some of these development projects from the past came to fruition and are so out of whack with mm-hmm. what the identity of the island is. All right. So. Well, I, I peop, like I mentioned, Grow Community. I don't live there, but I have friends there. It's not like I'm getting a kickback from them every time I talk about it. No, but I walk through there all the time. Yeah. I love seeing all the yeah the flowers in bloom, and it's just it's just kind of a cool thing. But it is. It, there was a. That's a density project, and mm-hmm. I like what you just said. People, it, they also, you know, the public can walk through it. It's just like an open space. Um, so that's all good. Seed um, path. But <laughs> on 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 your topic, Tim, um, I want to look at everything in the toolkit that the uh, Affordable Housing Task Force is recommending. It's not going to be one silver bullet. It could be multiple ways to increase housing, like. Um, uh, accessory dwelling units, for just as an example. Mm-hmm. Um, those kind of things uh, can be done. And every little bit, every new affordable housing unit is one more affordable housing unit. So whatever tools we can, however we can do it, you know, I, I want to I look into where that. Do, where do we get money for affordable housing? Oh, a lot of different places. 
um, there are grants. Um, one way, and again, I think the city can't, well, the city can with a certain amount, but doesn't have a lot of money. The city does have discretion, some discretionary spending in the general fund. And there's a, there's a line item set aside for affordable housing. It's been a while since I've looked at the budget, but it's in hundreds of thousands of dollars. Um, certainly not enough for a whole house, but it is a start. It could be, that could be leverage money. You know, invite grants. The city's going to participate in this and with certain zoning and incentives mm -hmm. for the developer. You know, so I'm just throwing these out. These are yeah, yeah. these are just brainstorming there's ideas. There's no bad yeah. ideas. Yeah. Until there's a bad idea. <laughs> 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 well, you're a philosopher. Nah. <laughs> uh, if philosophy is if if it's bullshit, I'm <laughs> I'm the keynote speaker of it. <laughs> Well, I appreciate your time today. It was a pleasure to make your acquaintance. Yeah, nice and to meet you, Tim. It's been fun. I uh, wish you all the best in the, the, the election, the final election the here. The final election, yeah. November. November. So right. register to vote if you haven't, and, and vote if you have. Clarence Morawaki, yeah. thank you for your time. You've been listening to The Bystander. Be kind.